our culture is going through some accelerated shifts, right? I mean, it's been going through shifts in a long time, and these have been fundamental to the nature of how we see reality, how we see humanity, all these things. But it seems to be accelerating in recent days. And so we want to do a series um, starting with this video, talking about, we're, we're calling the series How to Destroy the World in 10 Simple Steps. And, and the whole idea of this series is to look at different philosophies and what we believe are some of the most sinister philosophies operating in our world today and, um, and see how they are undermining God's word and the truth and what it means to be human. And so if, if you, uh, you know, I think everyone's going to be familiar with some of these or most of these. If you're a student in a university right now, you'll definitely be familiar with all of these. Mm-hmm. At least you'll recognize them once they're explained. I don't know if you know the, all the titles of them. But our aim with this is to explain these philosophies in simple terms and then to show you how they contradict with God's word. Yeah, and the first philosophy we're going to talk about is postmodernism. We want to do postmodernism first because it's really the foundation of everything else. Yeah. And so to start, let's just define postmodernism. Yes. How can we define yes. it? Yes. So postmodernism is notoriously difficult to define, yeah. which kind of makes sense because it doesn't like definitions, it doesn't like truth, it doesn't like so it's really confusing. Um and of course, this isn't my specialty. The, the Bible is more my specialty. So I want to kind of just give you a general definition. Mm-hmm. At one level, it's really a reaction to modernism. And modernism is um, essentially this basic belief of focusing on objective, knowable truths that, that we as humans can, through science, we can progress to you know the next level of, of human evolution or whatever. We can utopia reach utopia. Yeah. And, and really, I think it's best to say that there's been three general ways to approach knowledge throughout history. Um, so the first one is the pre-modern approach, uh, the pre-modern. And this really goes across cultures. And the, the pre-modern approach is basically the understanding that knowledge comes from God or the gods. So knowledge is centered in the divine. And we as humans seek to know God through revelation and therefore to know ourselves and know the world around us. The modern approach is that knowledge comes from our reason, so it's more located within us through our reason and through um, science, right? Through pursuing knowledge through the the world around us by observing things. And truth is still objective, would be the view with modernism. And this, you know, gave rise to this real optimism about we're going to be able to progress Mm -hmm. to a certain state of of humanity where we're going to figure out all these problems. We're going to solve every disease. We're going to have this this perfect um, future, this utopia. And then postmodernism was more of a pessimistic reaction to modernism. Yeah. So because modernism fell short and because progress and knowledge did not seem to be, you know, all of a sudden about to be realized, it, it, it came about in part as a reaction to the two world wars mm-hmm. of the beginning of the last century. So these two world wars came at this point of great optimism. Right, and instead, what we saw with the unfolding, especially of World War II, was we saw the most modern, advanced country in the world, Germany, was a place of a terrible evil. Right, so as we all know, so certainly, you know, much of what humans had put their faith in was unraveling, and so it made sense to be skeptical and sin- even cynical about the views of the past. And so, what developed was this philosophy that was all about questioning meaning and questioning science and doubting um, objective truth. And postmodernism was a, is a viewpoint that's very suspicious of any truth claims. Yeah. So whenever someone claims the truth, 
it's seen as a, a struggle for power, mm-hmm. right? So when I say something's true, I'm just trying to manipulate or control you is kind of the idea. Um, and, and it's against these meta narratives, which would be, you know, big narratives that are able to put together the, the truths that we see in a cohesive way to make sense of life. There is really no kind of big story unfolding. There's no bigger purpose or bigger meaning. And of course, this also affects how post postmodernists view morality. Morality yeah. itself becomes a relative thing. So it's all bound by society, or you can even have individual morality. So oh, that, that's right for you, it's not but right not for me. me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we hear this in all different kinds of ways, right? I mean, you're probably even thinking now. You went to UCSC, University of Santa Cruz, and uh, UC Santa Cruz, and I'm sure you heard people talk in postmodern ways. What are some ways that you heard people? Uh, you know, maybe professors or students speak in this kind of postmodern way. Yeah, I mean, just with everything, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like gender, race, like how you view religion. Like, oh yeah, Christianity is good for you, but like for me, Buddhism or yeah. secularism, like whatever, you know. And this was even, I mean, this stuff's like even infecting like the natural sciences and things yeah. like that. It's crazy. Like, so I mean it really underlies every way of thinking or every viewpoint, worldview yeah. uh, in the secular uh, university. Or campus. Yeah, yeah. you'll hear people say like, oh, you know, what's your truth? Like speak your truth. Yeah, exactly. Well, truth is not something that's located inside of a person. Yeah. It's something that's either true or not. But we talk about it this way because that's a postmodern viewpoint or all religions are basically the same, mm-hmm. right? Well, Everyone in history would be offended by that. Yeah, it's Everyone. an elephant, right? Religion's <laughs> yes, an elephant, yeah. and you touch the trunk, it's a snake to you. But the person who touches the leg, it's like a... A big tree trunk. A, yeah, it's yeah. just crazy. So each part feels, you know, and so we're all just talking about the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So all of our differences are not really differences. That's that's one way we see this expressed. Yeah. Or even just, you know, religion is just someone seeking power over someone else. Mm-hmm. That's kind of more that view of, like, truth claims as power plays. So yeah, this we, is yeah. we even see it in the Bible, right? Yeah. Like, uh, John 18, right? Jesus literally says he's standing before Pilate and he says, I've come to bear witness about the truth. Mm-hmm. And Pilate in John 18, 37 says, what is truth? Yeah. <laughs> like scoffs. Like, what is truth? I can't know it. I mean, you, what are you going to tell me about truth? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. So that, that instinct and that viewpoint has always been present, right? Yeah. Obviously, we have like kind of the pre-modern era, the modern era, post-modern. But throughout, there have been people that have questioned whether you can even know anything at all. Yeah. And it's an amazing statement that, so Jesus is saying, I came to reveal the truth. Mm-hmm. So that's really the pre-modern view, right? Yeah. That there is an objective truth outside of us that we can know. And then Pilate's response is the post-modern view, which leads to the most heinous act in the history of the world. Yeah. Which is the killing death of, the Messiah, yeah, the killing of, of God. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So there's implications to this kind of yeah. a viewpoint, right? Which is what is truth? What is morality? Who, who even knows? Let's just all do whatever the heck we want. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not good. So obviously. So, um, one of the, one of the big ways that postmodernism has gained traction is through the academy. So it originally was in sort of the, the social sciences, uh, English departments, philosophy departments, all that stuff. It's, it's really prevalent in the humanities now. So it's kind of spread to different fields. And like yeah. you said, it really hasn't affected everything. Mm-hmm. So even you do some, some sort of hard science and you have to you know, say, well, this truth might be racist or this truth, you know. Yeah, it's be, crazy. Like, it's, so it really is like 
we're, we're trying to bring in all these things to shape what are really firm objective truths. And that stuff is going by the wayside. It's also obviously true in art because maybe you're having a hard time quantifying this. Well, you can see it in a very visual form in art itself. Mm-hmm. Now, most of us probably don't follow art very closely, but you can see the lack of meaning in songs and in even in many shows or movies, there's a lack of cohesion and stuff. Um, there's a famous art piece that was, I think, from 2019. Okay. That I remember when it happened because it was it made so many big news. It was over the course of a couple of days, a couple of weeks. What happened was this um, this Italian artist Maurizio Catalan, who um, who was formerly famous for having made a six million dollar gold toilet. That was <laughs> one of his pieces of art. Was he sold for six million dollars? It wasn't so. actually made out of gold, right? Eighteen carat solid gold. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. And you thought that was just something that Trump had in his house. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> but no, this was a work of art. Yeah. Um, and then he made one that was he called it the comedian. And this piece of art was he took get this he took a piece of duct tape and a banana and he taped the banana to the wall. Mm. And that was the piece of art. And people came to, it's in Miami, I forget the exact name of the place, but they came to see this work of art and it made such headlines and stuff. It was actually, it ended up selling for $120,000. That's sad. Um, to this couple who was like, wow, this is such an amazing statement about what art is. And like, it's raising so many conversations about art. We just have to, we have to buy this. And then... Mona Lisa or Banana. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like, mean, come on, not even close. Banana, yeah, yeah, yeah. banana on the wall. Um, and then someone, this is a true story, two days later, someone comes up and eats the banana <laughs> off the wall. They take it down, they eat it. And when that guy was asked why he did that, he said, well, I also am making art. He's, this is what this he is said. Incredible. This is what he said. So he says, this is a quote from an article on, on this after he ate the banana. He said, in this case, it's not like I ate art, like the gallery said. It's not a banana, it's a concept. And I just ate the concept of the artist. So I think this is cool. This is fun. And this is what art is about. So someone paid $120,000 so, <laughs> for a banana on a wall and this guy ate it. Ate that most expensive banana ever. Yeah, most expensive crazy. snack in history. But that, so you can see kind of the postmodern, like just putting a banana on a wall is art because it's, you know, what even is art? What yeah. even is truth? What even is, you know, beauty? And then this guy eating it, he's like, well, I'm also An practicing artist. art. Uh, this yeah, is yeah. also, so in other words, anything, anything can, be, can become art. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're living in this time where postmodernism has really grown roots in our society and is flourishing. And while in this, not necessarily in the original form would it be that popular in philosophy. Mm-hmm. It has gained roots in what it's kind of evolved and gained roots in what is we're known as the critical theories. Yeah, and so we'll be looking at a lot of those critical theories in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of that's kind of where postmodernism is now. Is yeah. it's kind of developed and evolved. Okay, so what are the positives of postmodernism? Are there any positives? Yes, there definitely are. Yeah. I think there's a lot of positive. I mean, there are definitely probably more negatives, but for there sure. are some positives <laughs> yeah. for postmodernism. One is it's effectively critiqued modernism. Mm. So back, I mean, even when I was younger, a lot of a lot of the arguments I would have about Christianity or discussions, heated discussions, right, would be about science. Yeah, it would be how can you believe in Christianity when we know the world is this old, or we know yeah. that, you know all these things. Yeah. Well, postmodernism effectively came along and said, well, how do we know that? 
Yeah, exactly. And, and I think a lot of those tools are effective for us as Christians to say, well, no, there's, there's not, we don't have this, the, the, the market cornered on knowledge. Mm-hmm. There's so much that we don't know. There's so many things to ask, so many things to question and look at the history of science and of humanity's progress with knowledge. It doesn't lead the way that you, where do you think it leads? It doesn't yeah. solve all of our problems. It's not the universal solution. So that's one thing. Um, also, I think it's done a really good job of critiquing underlying assumptions. So showing that every person has what, you know, from a Christian standpoint, I might refer to as presuppositions. Mm-hmm. That there are things that we believe and we approach certain situations with these beliefs and they will shape everything that we do. And if we don't know those presuppositions, we're not going to be able to accurately apprehend truth. Yeah. And so it's very important. So when I talk to a non-Christian about the faith, I constantly dig at and poke at and prod at those presuppositions. Why do you believe uh, this that this or that, or that is good? Yeah. Why do you believe, right? And I want to ha- figure out, you know, what their what the underlying assumptions are mm-hmm. and then show how the Bible is a more coherent argument. You know, yeah, how it, yeah. It, it coheres with the world, it makes sense, and it gives us solutions, unlike these philosophies that people believe in. So those things are great. And in Christianity, we would accept that the mind is fallen, mm. and so we can't know things as we ought to know. So we're not just these machines that can objectively take in truth. That's not who we are. First Corinthians 2.14 says, The person without the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit, does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness yeah. and cannot understand them because they are only discerned through the Spirit. So we see... That's one problem, right, is that without the Spirit of God uh, in our natural state, we can't understand God. spiritual things. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, yeah. So in that w- way, there's some truth in postmodernism mm-hmm. saying that truth is not knowable, I would just say, on our own. And in 1 Corinthians 3.19, the same thing, right? The, the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows that the thoughts of the wise are futile. Yeah. So much of what we've been told is so objective and true, it, it really isn't. It's a house of cards. So these are some of the good things of, of postmodernism, and I think that there's a lot of, of benefits. Okay. What are the negatives of postmodernism? Negatives are uh, much greater than the positives, I'd say. Yeah, but, so the negatives would be, negative. I mean, I, we can talk about a lot of things, but some of, the most, some of the biggest ones are that it undermines any objective truth. Yeah. So whereas pre-modern viewpoints and modern viewpoints both had some view of there's there's objective truth there's a truth outside of me mm-hmm. it's not all about what i feel or my truth postmodernism tends to undermine that and th- this is a problem simply of basic logic too because what postmodernists will often say is there's no objective truth and so the natural question and response is is that statement objectively true yeah so, and someone might say, well, there's no objective truth, except that there's no except objective truth. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, so how do you make an exception for that? But obviously you're making an absolute statement mm-hmm. about how there's no absolute truth. Those, you know, so the, the, it kind of becomes ridiculous because we all operate on the assumption that there are some underlying foundational truths and we base everything on them. So no one can operate if there's no objective truths or no absolute truths yeah. or even saying all truth claims are, are just power plays just trying to get power over somebody else well you just made a truth claim in that statement so you must want power over mm. me right so yeah. maybe i mean maybe you're just projecting a little bit maybe you're the one who has this problem yeah and not everyone else views reality that way or operates that way and and then 
if you go into the like Michel Foucault and his view of essentially that there becomes like no meaning in language is kind of where it ends up going. Well, for people that don't believe in any meaning in language, these people sure write a lot of books and they sure spend yeah, a lot yeah. of time talking using yeah. words, you know, strangely yeah. enough. So of course, it, of course, when we have a conversation, there's going to be misunderstandings, going to be biases, all these things. But is there, is there something happening that's substantial? Yes, otherwise we, we wouldn't. We would just all crawl into a hole in the ground and die. Yeah, I always think that specific one is funny, that argument. Like, nothing means anything, kind of. Yeah. Just because, like, I mean, you're a dad. If you told your kid, go clean your room, this, my truth is for you to clean your room. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, my I thought you meant, like, go play with my toys. Yeah, I like, hear you it, saying, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't Which they mean, often do. Yeah, 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 exactly. They often do. Yeah, and then... You, you, my objective truth of my hand will meet the objective truth of your butt. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. So, so undermining any objective truth—that's a big deal because it affects everything in life. Yeah. And you can't operate on that worldview. It also undermines objective moral standards. Mm. That's, yeah. That's been the effect overall of postmodernism. Is to, like we said, to say everything is relative, all morality is relative, it's only socially constructed or individually constructed. And I've never met anyone who honestly lives this way. So no. again, it's not a functional worldview because, yeah, if you say, to, I've, I've talked to students, you know, on campus, oh, you know, morality is all relative. Okay, so if I punch you in the face, are you going to be upset? Well, yeah, why? <laughs> yeah. Well, because they have to go to, well, I just don't prefer that. Well, I do prefer that, <laughs> and I'm bigger yeah, you know, exactly, than yeah. you. Um, no, of course, th that there's always going to be a point where someone says, no, that's not only uncomfortable for me or not my preference, it's objectively wrong. It's yeah. wrong, and yeah. I'm going to protest that. I'm going to stand up against that. Well, th where does that come from? Yeah, so, exactly. And then, of course, the view always lead to God is one of the most destructive, yeah. one of the destructive statements in world history. All right, that's the message of Satan is yeah. to say it doesn't matter what you do. There's not going to be any judgment. There's no, you know, just pursue the path of your own heart. Yeah. So the Bible is so clear at how destructive and evil those kinds of statements And that doesn't are. even fit with like every major religion. Yeah. Because some, like one of the main tenets of almost every single religion is this is the right way. Yeah, exactly. And then you're saying, no, every way is the right way. It makes or yeah. whatever's for you is the which, right which really sounds humble until you understand like the whole you know elephant metaphor of like oh the hindus are over here and the yeah. christians are over here they all just don't see the big picture well it sounds humble until you realize that in that metaphor you, you as the see person the big picture, yeah, yeah i as the all enlightened one see that all of you are morons yeah. and you all just need to <laughs> yeah exactly and, and again christianity doesn't doesn't speak on those terms it speaks in the sense of there's a, a God who knows truth, and so we learn from Him and submit to Him. It's mm -hmm. not because we are better or wiser people. No. But he it's reveals just because himself God's to us. Himself. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. all it is. So it's it's much it's much more humble yeah. than the fake humility of of postmodernism. Okay, so how should we as Christians respond to postmodernism? Yeah, well, the key that of uh, what all of postmodernism postmodernism is, I can't say post the word now. There, that's the word. Yeah. All of postmodernism is missing is God himself. Mm. It, it's lacking any sort of objective grounding that can give meaning or coherence to life. And God himself functions in that way. Yeah. Of course, he's not just some truth, some useful truth. He is a person, three persons, right? And mm. he is self-sufficient. But for us as humans, we can't understand truth and morality apart from God. So we have 
the Bible as the foundation of truth, yeah. right? I mean, this is why we spend so much time looking in God's word. John 17, 17, Jesus says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Mm. God's word is truth. And so it guides us into everything else. Yeah. So can we learn everything from God's word? No, but we can learn all the foundational truths that will then allow us to pursue truth in other ways outside of God's word. Yeah. So this is the, the foundation for all truth. So our standard isn't ourselves. It's not our experience, our feelings, our rationality. It, the standard is something outside of our flawed biases that is always correcting them. Mm. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, and then we have the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, God, Jesus speaks of the Holy Spirit as the spirit of truth. Truth is so important in God's, God's uh, system. So John 16, 13, um, Jesus says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. So the, the role of God's spirit in our hearts is to help us to know things that are actually true mm. that can anchor us and ground us. And so, of course, that leads to us seeing God as the lawgiver, that we don't have to make up our own morality. Uh, societies have gotten to such bad places when they've done that. Yeah. But we have someone who, as the true authority, the true, the true foundation of all knowledge and the one who has the, the right to command us, he gives us the morality that leads us to the greatest human flourishing, to honor him, and to eventually, through faith in Jesus, to have eternal life with him. Yeah, and he does so by his grace. Yeah. I mean, we do, it's such an amazing thing to think that God actually gives us truth of how to live and how to know him yeah rather than just us floating around like, yeah we don't we don't walking deserve around that. blind you know we don't deserve truth yeah. he just gives it to us because he loves us it's crazy it's, it's an amazing thing yeah. it's an amazing thing so so just some some thoughts if you're speaking to someone and you realize oh they have a postmodern viewpoint ask them just these two questions right one question you can ask is are you sure are you sure <laughs> yeah so when they make a statement they say oh man christianity is so narrow-minded whatever just ask the simple question, are you sure about that? Because, of course, the postmodern person can't say that they're sure yeah. because it's all about uncertainty. Yeah. Um, and so if you start to say that things, some things are, are sure, then you're kind of letting on that there's, there's actually solid truth out there. Yeah. Um, and the other question would be, says who? Says who? By what authority? Um, what, where do you get that from? Like, like what it, who is it or what is it that tells you that this or that thing is true yeah. uh, or that, that everything is relative? Says who? And, and so often when people start to think about, okay, what is my... Essentially what you're doing is you're making them think about the foundations for their knowledge, right? Are you sure makes them question whether they have any sort of real grasp on reality because they don't. Says who makes them think about the foundation. Is this built on anything? Yeah. Or is this simply something I've cobbled together in my own mind? So if you're, you know, oh, I like this part of Christianity, but I also like Buddhism. I also like, oh, where do you get that from? Yeah. Are, are you the only person in history who's done that? I mean, where, yeah, yeah, where do you get that from? Yeah. So what makes you think that, you know, your way is, is correct? So I think there's just questions we can ask that can help us lead people to the truth. Mm-hmm.